again on a it's a football Friday edition of the Broncos Blitz podcast. I am Danny Williams. I have Tony Comas in with us today. Oh, thank you, Danny. Well, I was going to paint you into a picture and say a not a Broncos fan. But do you know what? I'm going to backtrack on that. I'm going to uh, say a what you would say, I think, a realist. But also, hold Objective. on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Object- I'm with you. I would say not a just a natural Broncos fan because you feel the need to be or have to be professionally. And what I'm saying is I'm from Denver, Colorado. I was born at St. Joseph's Hospital over here. I went to a Denver, you know, I went to every Denver public school that there ever was. I'm a, I'm sorry. I'm a Denver guy who happens to cover the Broncos and my teams in my own city. That's very rare because I think there's like two guys or maybe three. Irv Vic Lombardi and Danny Williams, okay? And I don't do third person, but what I mean is like Gil and Nate Kreckman and um, uh, Goodman. They're from Chicago. The D-Max and the um, the Mark, the Mark um, Mike Williams is, is, is of the world, they went to Syracuse. So that's Syracuse, like a media school. So, you know, I am a Broncos fan born and bred. It's different here. But I'm also like love them. Um, like, it's like P90X. I hate them, but I love them. And then like with you, you're not necessarily a natural Broncos fan by nature. Married into a Broncos family. I, but I think that's so. kind of means something. Yeah. Because because you have a little bit of a vision and like a um, unemotional connection to this team Nailed it. that might, you know, somebody else have in this game that feels like they have to say good things about the Broncos for their career or because the brand they work for or whatever um, or, you know, whatever else allegiance you may have or not. So thanks for being with us. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. The podcast is brought to you by Maverick Sports, the Maverick Sports app. I was just on the app. Um, they have like a bonus here, a sign-up bonus. Um, for what we do here on the pod, it says 300 bucks, But we have something else going on, like on the radio, that says $750. Ooh. So it's a... You know, pretty, like a match bonus? It's a match bonus. You sign up. Say you sign up and you're like, okay, it's my time. You know, I, I, I'm picky and choosy with where I spend my money. I'm going to try this book. And they have a $750 max. I um, should have done that for the UCF game last you night. You should have because you were spot. You nailed it. I wish I would have bet all of the money I ever had in the world on that game. And we'll talk about that because you could do that kind of stuff on the Maverick Sports book. But, um you go to Maverick Sports, you sign up. It's easy. It's easy to navigate. Um, I always say, like, everyone has a couple books the they payouts, work with. By the way? Well, it's super easy, and they have, like, new methods of not only depositing instantly and easily, but withdrawing your money that goes to your bank account, to your, you know, um, whatever PayPal's or the Venmo's of the world that you may use. So, like, that's all important to guys. For me, who, again, was um, saw baseball on earlier than I thought. There was some uh, basketball going, Euro League basketball, and then I tried to add those two with a third leg of like um, a, a later baseball game that was going on tonight. I'm like a fifty dollar, twenty five dollar parlay better. I want to turn that fifty into four hundred, right. and I want to turn that twenty five into you know one hundred and fifty or two hundred bucks that I could play on for the entire college football weekend. Where I can do that stuff on is the Maverick Sportsbook app. Go check those guys out. Those guys are awesome. We appreciate those guys big time. Um, okay, so it's the Broncos Blitz podcast. We're here. Yesterday was a weird one, man, because it was like it was like every person on planet Earth, media member, 
um, disparaged Broncos country member or former teammate of Russell Wilson's was piling on to the rate of where I can't remember. And again, I'm I'm 40 this year, and I used to report for the. You're a grown man. I, I'm a You're man. You're 40. You're right. I used to report for the Denver Daily News, which was a free Denver Daily newspaper that was like a poor man's post, just trying to make it. But man, we worked so hard. We had Knudsen and Gill and me, a few other dudes on the staff that have like gone on to bigger and better things. And my, my point is like. We were we tried to do a good job. We tried to not have something that the Rocky or the Post would have in print like every single day. And it gave me my chance because I was in college still. I had bylines. I'd have did it for nothing and they were actually paying me. And um it was unique. It was cool. But again, that was my start in the business. And I say back all those years ago when I was like, now there's the DNVRs and the predominantly oranges and all these like brands that get access and credentials to Dove Valley when 20 years ago, like I was the first of my kind. I always say that like, I'm, I, I sound like Eric Goodman, I'm like tooting my own horn, but I was like young guy who like shouldn't have been credentialed, who Jim Sakamano and the Broncos let me in and be credentialed. When I even admitted like, I ain't a real reporter. I was just playing the role of reporter. I didn't say that then. I act. I had my, you know, my little steno, and I had my recorder, and I was doing a job, but I wasn't a pro. Okay, twenty years later, I'm forty now. So I've seen the um, man, the highs and the lows from what was like post Elway to Brian Greasy to I had. I so are just, you saying this is in your twenty years? You haven't seen something like this kind I'm, of come I'm down. getting there. Okay. And I'm taking a long time, and I'm sorry for it, okay? But that's um, – I had, no, I'm, no, I'm, I'm enthralled. I, I appreciate you because I found um, – so our garage, we, like, uh, we had this – we lived on the north side of City Park. I called it the north side of City Park. It was the hood, okay? But now it's, like, River North, and there's the light rail and all that kind of stuff. So, like, we sold out of high, and we moved to Lakewood. And we lived in Westgate. Westgate was down on Wadsworth and, and Yale, where it's like, Westgate was a neighborhood when I was a kid with my mom and my two brothers living in the apartment across the street down on Wads. Westgate was like that neighborhood where like... Where they gave away full-size candy bars during Halloween. It was, exactly. And like where it's the borderline of Denver Public Schools or like Jeffco Schools, you went to Bear Creek or whatever. So we had a few kids who went to Bear Creek, you know what I mean? So we bought a house there. And, like, at the time when you're young and in your 20s, you're buying a house and, like, you're thinking, like, oh, my God, how could we ever afford this? Now it's, like, we could have owned three houses in the neighborhood. And we bought a house in Highlands Ranch. We moved up. We upgraded. Right? Are you with me? I'm with you. To two houses down like to my wife's aunt. It is like the Jeffersons. My wife's aunt lives two houses down. So she's no help. It was no big help. But, like, this house is too expensive. You know, it's, like, more than, like, we, than we need. I liked our old house. We got it at the right time, so we make it work. We back up to a park. It's beautiful. It's majestic. All that kind of stuff. It's great. We've, we've lived a good life. So I'm not sure where the correlation here. I got Congrats. lost. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. Okay, that was just, I don't know why I gave you a bio of my life. There was some kind of correlation or meaning or something I had. Oh, I got it. So I'm going through the garage, and I'm, my wife's like, we have too much stuff in here. 
And I'm like, I have Broncos stuff. I have old, like, signage. Like, before Mike and Frank, the American Pickers, right. I'd go out to Elbert County. I'd be digging through barns. I'd find an old Coke sign and buy that stuff. Now there's a million guys like that trying to do that. It's like a lifestyle. I'm a huge Pickers fan. It is. Way. I love it. Me too. I, I miss Frank. I Me too. I, totally. I mean, like, to that show's kind of dead. The, the show's dead without him. I'm, I'm totally with you. But I used to be able to do that stuff. I have four kids now. Annie early morning or weekend morning, like stuff, that's all valuable time now that's all taken. So my point is, as we get to like 10 minutes later, I'm sorry for it. I found a notebook from 2002 and it was from training camp in 2002. And it wasn't my first one. It was just a little notebook. And it said stuff like do or die year for Terrell Davis. What's his future hold? And it was like Orlandis Gary and like, what does this guy have? Is he the future question mark? Brian Greasy, you know, just like all these things that like I have to say. And I guess if there's one thing we do on our show and we have the Phil Jackson blurb, give the guy some fucking credit. I mean, for real is like we toot our own horn slightly, not the Eric Goodman level, but at all this stuff of like. About 40 pages of just stuff from camp, which was like a little longer back then. And just my notes. And I was just like, whoa, that's 20 years ago. And I'm 40 now. And 40 is like young, old or something. And it was just like, I, the point is, and it took a long time to get here. I've never seen in my early professional, which I wasn't really a pro yet till now, uh, all these years later, and I had a great run of, of reporting for the Associated Press. Tony, I don't know if you've heard of them. They're only the world's largest and oldest news organization. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it's like the heat. You worked for Adrian Peterson? <laughs> the despair. The he AP? got knocked out by Le'Veon Bell. Uh, they're <laughs> like the, um, the heat. They're like this controversial, polarizing figure that Russell Wilson has become. I haven't really seen anything like this ever in my life except for one guy one time, and it was Tim, Tim Tebow. Tebow. It's easy to figure that out, yeah. okay? So while Tim was, like, there's the highs and the lows with Tim, there was, like, the unconscious belief of, like, you believe in the Lord, therefore you believe in the Tim, in the Tim Tebow, therefore you believe, like, if you just would have let him be quarterback forever, he would have won a bunch of Super Bowls when, like, we all saw – that he can barely throw the ball, you know, 10 or 12 or 15 yards with, a like, a bit of accuracy. Was he a gamer? Was he special? Was it God's work? Was that playoff win they had against the Steelers one for the ages? Yes, all that kind of true. But, like, Tim was polarizing because, for one, you're either with him or against him on, like, the religion. Okay? Yeah. And, two, if you weren't and you didn't care, well, then it bugged you either way where you're just like, that guy believes in his own shit. Or, like... I'm sick of hearing about G JC. You know what I mean? Like, enough like with the Jesus stuff, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm doing an Ed McMahon role today. Yes. I, I feel sorry. Yes. No, it's okay. <sighs> uh, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. And, and so I think you're seeing what you're seeing is uh, kind of a, and it's, a, it's the perfect analogy when you think about it from both of those sides is someone who has bringing <laughs> something else into the, realm of sports yes. when it comes to whether it's somebody's personal brand or whether it it's is. somebody's personal I like how you their, said the brand. Religion, forgot about that. Whether it's, you know, this and and I think I don't think religion is playing as big a role as it did with Tebow 
as it is with Russ. Okay. Yes, he has conviction. Yes, he tweets out something every morning about It uh, might his, be an excuse faith. on top of whatever reason you might have to not like him. I think it's the danger, to dog him. the danger witch. I think it's the his his you know always promoting his brand and always and then in the off season and kind of you know yes he showed his uh, his off season practices and things like that where he brought okay. the receivers in and let me that, say but, this but it was You're more right. about it's 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 become more about the the Russell brand versus the okay Broncos let me say brand. this and then if I that want makes you sense. to respond it does totally because that's the narrative for anyone who like might be listening to the Broncos Blitz podcast who lives somewhere else because on yesterday's show we had Terry from Cali come uh, come on the show and call in Ryan from Columbus and we had like a dude from New York call in as well so that's a, that's the far of the Mr. why yeah well it's just the fur- furthest of the polar extremes that you can find while yeah. we do a good show we appreciate you some guys just you know are looking for some Denver love and some Denver action to kind of talk about but I guess what my point is like it's it's weird because i let me ask you this for someone who is like i I feel like really honestly and i'll you know i'll throw little shots at you and say you know make 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 it seem as though you have a dog in the fight or not there might be situations circumstances teams propositions that you feel strongly that you feel strongly about but i really don't think like Either way, if the Broncos struggle, you're not happy that they suck. And if they were winning, I think you'd be happy that they're winning because you get what we do here in terms of sports talk radio and the Broncos Blitz podcast. But, you know, I'll give you some, you know, a little bit of really, despite some of your tweets about, um, you know, things and all that kind of stuff and the life that we all kind of live and all that kind of stuff. I think you're a realist. I, I really do believe that. And you know what? I think, and I want to give credit to the Denver fan base um, where it, needs to be due because I feel like what's his name uh, Wolfie over there Derek Wolf yeah. um you know tweeted out about the you know Denver fans being catfish the Denver fans weren't catfish no. by Denver he's, get, he's been hooked himself yeah, yeah exactly he's the one Derek Wolf and, and, and Dmac have been hooked and Dmac is a friend of mine we'll talk a little bit of shit about the fan every now and then cuz we work for a different station and like and then no one does kind of what we does in terms of like putting it out there talking about Derek Wolf and Dmac and what their new show quote unquote has become but i said this today and i want to ask you it comes all full together there's no going back as far as dmac has kind of like stuck a fork in russ buried him uh uh, just dogged him for all the social stuff and the branding stuff um i'm not going to put you in that category quite yet well he had to become the protagonist again when tyler Columbus left well again you're right they did switch roles and and Derek wolf is now well Derek wolf nice guy he's the professional version of some of the dmx stuff that they will feed into each other get hooked on i will again i don't do this stuff because when russell wilson is i'm having lunch with dmac at La Peep on Orchard and Smoky Hill Road. When we're on our phones, he's having an Eggs Benedict, and I had some um, breakfast enchilada. Nice. It was good. And we go to our phones like this, and he goes, look. And I picked up my phone, and he goes, it says, the Broncos have traded for Russell Wilson. It was a Schefter bomb, Shefty bomb. Yeah. And he goes, he's panicking. Raj is calling him. Nate's calling me. Let's get a podcast in the whole thing. And it happened while I'm having a lunch with DMAC, a quote-unquote rival, not really a rival, whatever, Um. Okay, so you're with me, right? Like, that's that's when the Russell Wilson news dropped. But I will not let fucking DMAC off the hook for the way that him and Derek Wolf have straight up stuck a fork 
in Russ and buried him completely. And a lot of people have done it. And I don't know how you feel about it, but what I'm asking you is as coming around to this finally it takes me 10 minutes to ask a question. Are you feeling, and it was like almost the last 24 hours when a guy like Marshawn Lynch, of all guys, of all guys on planet Earth to come to bat and stick up for Russ, it's Marshawn Lynch saying that I hope Russ's head is straight and he's in the right mind and he's kind of feeling for him. Has there been any kind of like, I'm starting to feel sorry for this guy for you in the last 24 hours, 48 hours, or no? So from a great, great question, that's, I think from, an, uh, from a human... I ask great questions, but it takes me 20 minutes to ask the question. From a human standpoint and emotions and, and empathy, you know, I, I, I can't say that I don't feel a little bit that for him. But at the same time, I honestly can't say that I... He's worth sticking up for? Yeah, not that no, he's okay. worth sticking up okay, for, okay. but that it's not self-induced. That it, It's not, you know, it's something that... It, he he's he's asked for Russ uh, Russell Wilson and that he's put himself in that position with all of this brand you know the 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 brand the okay, brand let me say the, this the one wife. thing one they thing. were anointed king and queen of Denver before you. he even threw a, okay. a pass whether here. he thinks he's Jay Z and she thinks she's Beyonce or not they did this kind of stuff in Seattle for the last five years. And over those five years, even if you literally take just the last five years sample size and take away the first five years where he went to two Super Bowls and won one, over those five years, he was one of the winningest quarterbacks in the NFL. Straight up wins and losses, pure, not passing yards, not passing touchdowns, just straight fucking wins and losses. The guy's one of the winningest quarterbacks in the history of the National Football League, Tommy. So you can't take that away from the guy. And Tony Brochach. I don't know if you could take that away from the guy who we've said it a lot of times because I like this one a lot. And it pumped my nads up big time before he ever played a game. He's uh, the fastest quarterback to 300 passing touchdowns in the history of the league next to one guy. And that guy's Peyton Manning, who we think of as like the smartest and some the greatest football player ever of all time. So in five games, in five games, all of that went away. He's just washed, just like that, in five games. And all of those historic-like numbers and everything that made him so crazy special no, it, it, doesn't matter that, or doesn't exist. None of that exist. has gotten erased, and none of that's going to go anywhere. But what it's going to take um, for any fan base, not just the Denver fan base and for a, any media, is it's going to take a win over the Chargers this week. Okay. 300 yards passing, three touchdowns, and then all of a sudden everything is forgotten and he's the Ooh. great Russ okay. Wilson. Again. I was just going to stop you and say, and then what? But you finished it. I yeah. didn't have to stop you right. because yeah. one of my specialties is interrupting guys inappropriately. <laughs> it's just the way God made me. It's not on purpose, Tony, I swear. I get you. I, I swear. It's just like the way God – I'm just trying to keep like the energy and the show moving. But you just kind of said it. It's like he's got to go – it's a talk, 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 and, like, people are rolling their eyes at the press conferences and the, you know, this um, confidence he has in him and some of this subtle stuff he says. Do they where, want him to fail? No, no. Well, Bron some of Broncos country has, but that's the sum that we're never invested at first, and it would take them to be, like, 4-1 and one or 5-0. and oh. And, again, that's this weird, I don't want to go down this road. 
I don't want to say it's like the yeah, black quarterback stuff. Oh, uh, I, I, but I it's honestly like, don't get that vibe. Well, okay, well, you might not. But Drew Luck struggled and struggled and struggled and struggled. And like the Paxton Lynch kind of stuff where it's like we turned on him quicker than any quarterbacks or I think that franchise. was more that was more ego from I feel from you, upstairs. I feel you. But it's and, just like these guys got longer leashes. Both of those guys, even in particular, Drew Locke definitely and Paxton Lynch, whether yes or no, then then um Russ has got in five games here. And I'm not like I don't go to race. I don't go to that kind of stuff. But the criticisms have been so harsh on him, and the haterade has been so harsh on him, it has not looked good in five games. And you, someone could just say that. Dude, it's looked like shit for five games. And I would be, I can't have no answer to that other than it'll look better. That's what I've been saying. Well, it'll look better. It'll look better. I've been blaming, okay, the offense wasn't as talented as we thought. The running back, Javante, is not a super-duper freaking star. Uh, Cortland Sutton's one good player. Um, Jerry Judy sucks eggs. We got no tight end to, um, to help this team imaginable. Zero tight end help in a league that's full of tight ends that are difference makers. And then your offensive line is just average. That's every position. That's not like, oh, but they're really good here. Did you see at the, the beginning of the season, Tony? We thought, damn, fuck, two RB ones. We got two RB ones, and then oh fuck, Jerry Judy's just dying to break out and be a star. Cortland Sutton's back. Hamler, um, Tim Patrick. Well, the reality is, your best player from that group might have been Tim Patrick, the most complete. He's gone. KJ Hamler, not the same guy. Not near back yet. Jerry Judy, not great hands, not great size. The footwork, he may fucking have footwork like uh, James Brown. See, I disagree with the KJ Hamler. I I think KJ Hamler, maybe we were talking about this before, but I, I believe he is everything that Isaiah McKenzie has become in, in Buffalo. And I believe that he's just not being used right. And yes, well, again, maybe he, he's Isaiah McKenzie didn't come Isaiah McKenzie because he, until he well, left. Yeah, Denver. yeah, with, jo with Josh Allen. But, but dude, here's my thought on KJ, and then you can respond. It's. He, Cortland Sutton last year, he came back and he played the full season, but that wasn't the real Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton. No. This year we're seeing some of the um, old school Cortland Sutton that with, you know, three or four different shitty quarterbacks was a great player. So I think an injury like those guys have, he might be on the field right now and you might be waiting for like, be special, be better. But next year's the year where KJ Hamler is like the pop the top off, 50 catches a season and 25 of those are 20 plus yards or more. He's not quite there yet. And it goes to my offense just isn't good enough kind of vibe and jazz. So going back to what you were talking about um, real quickly, I just want to make sure I put this out there for the listeners because they can find this online. Um, and you were talking a little bit about, you know, is it is, is it the race thing? The, the, the black I don't thing? really I, think I, that. I don't think it is. I think it's 10% well, you, you, it's not that. the first time you brought it up. I, but it's 10% that. Well, because I mean, you listen, can, you can make that Tony, argument for there's still for people who think there's still I know, I know, you're right. Yeah. And there's at least ten or twelve or fifteen or twenty percent of this world that's just straight up racist. And I don't I don't play that game. I don't go down that road. But the thing I'll say is like there's still people who believe in Drew Locke could have made it here. If you're not racist pro right, pro white, and even if you're not anti black, Drew Locke is shit. Yeah. A piece of of shit well, then, quarterback. Okay, explain so, to me this yeah. then. Okay, let's just look at it from a dynamic standpoint. Uh, Geno Smith. Okay. The Geno Smith, all of a sudden this guy's playing at an all-pro level. 
I could explain that. In Seattle. Yeah. And I could explain you get, that. You know, and, and it's not a knock on Russ. It's more of a of a uh, a, a, a prop up yes. of Pete Carroll. Okay. I, let me Russ give you an answer to Geno Smith. Yeah. Geno Smith is a um, – he's 10 years into the league, a former first-round pick who was – Considered a bust, a bust out of a first round pick with the Jets. Well, only the only place to go from there is like he's Rich Gannon. Well, again, Rich Gannon was an MVP of the league, so that's giving uh, Geno Smith a lot of credit. I think it's taken Geno Smith eight or nine or ten years to realize, like, here's the most I can do out of my ability. I have nothing to lose with the Seahawks. He realizes, and his agent, that this is my last opportunity to go show somebody I could be a starting a caliber, a quarterback in the league. And it's like the cream rising to the top. Not the cream of, like, the creamiest, richest cream of, like, the best cream of the most talent. The guy has nothing to lose eight or ten years into the league. He's fully bought into what his coach believes. At the end of the season, the Seahawks will be seven and ten. And um, Geno Smith will be just a good enough a quarterback to where you're going to say, well, damn, he won you know, seven or eight games, and he played pretty good, and almost just enough to where maybe, like, the Panthers or some other team's going to say, yeah, he's ready to break out. And it's just the only reason is because of the desperation of good quarterback play at the position. So right now it's Geno Smith's life work coming to fruition. Perfect place, perfect time. At the end, if he plays his greatest, it's not going to be better than seven or eight wins. Right now it looks like, well, they're scoring 24, 27 points a game, yeah. and Russell Wilson is shit. I, I don't – I go back to the – 10-year body of work of Russell and the 10-year body of work so what's next? of Geno Smith. Get, get, like getting okay. away from this narrative. Yes. What What's next? You've got... Here, what's, I love it. You've got Tay like Murray this. coming in. I like these questions. You've got... Um, you know, you, you've got some some health. Finally, some guys getting a little bit healthier. Um, what's, your, what's next, Danny? What do you see? What's next is... Um, Monday night football against the Chargers. Simmons is coming back. A Chargers team that, despite where and who of what you've been like these last five or six years when you've struggled, when again, with Peyton Manning, all you did was win every game within your division. The Broncos getting the Chargers at just the right time, just the right team, broken up, you know, busted up ribs. They got shut out by Jacksonville. They um, uh, didn't look great against who the Texans. Yeah. The Chargers are hardly a world beaters. And I go back to my two things. I'm going to fall back on my NFL law of averages, where I say the best team in college football, UCF last night, and you can't see this on a podcast, I'm holding my hand very high, as high above my head as I can. And Temple was way down here, a poop shit team. Yeah. And that's college football. You will have, um, you can, you can bet it beautifully if you find the three big covers and which there's 30 of each week, and then there's 30 underdogs that cover. It's, it ends up being kind of even, but the discrepancy bet between great in college football and bad is the gap is a um, Grand Canyon wide. Yeah, there's, there's not the NFL has parity. In the NFL, the parity is to say the least. I put it right here where my nose is. The, um, the, the hottest team in the NFL is right here, and maybe where my chin is is the worst team in the nfl and to go from the, my nose to my chin i'm no horse face 
<laughs> I've got an average face. Handsome. Quite handsome, actually. Very and handsome. Like closing the gap. You too as well. The closing the gap on a, uh, the best team in the NFL and the worst team in the NFL is like a couple inches deep. Any NFL team could get hot, fast start, the a couple inches. turnovers. It is. It is, you know, game of it, like like Vic said. So that's just the difference in the NFL as opposed to um, college football. So what I'm saying is um, there's, for one, um, the Broncos desperate do under 500 for the first time and desperate for the first time. Desperate like the Raiders were desperate I at love 0-3. That, that word. I think that's perfect yes. to describe them right now. Uh, uh, thank you. desperate um, team. And having the pressures and that taste of desperation that they have not had yet at any point in this season. Because against the Colts, they tried to get cute and go when they were up 9-6, to six, throw it into the end zone for style points because they wanted a touchdown and they didn't want to win a game 12-6. to six. And it fucked them. We said the this football on, gods came back and ho- took it away from them because of it. We uh, said this on the fan cave, Danny. I think you made the same point earlier today on your show with Jeff. Is that their difference is the fact that um, they didn't have a preseason. Yes, and the fact oh, for that sure. the preseason happened in weeks one, two, and three, and really four. Well, you see well. what the league is right now. There's like five or six teams scoring points and only two teams lighting it up and that's the Bills and the Chiefs. Um the first place teams like the 49ers are looking out there running and get looking good. The Vikings um they're not, you know, scoring 30 points PPG. They're more towards 20. That's what the league is right now. Aaron Rodgers um Tom Brady all struggling. It's the defense is ahead and it's bad offensive football right now and that's glaring shining brightly uh upon the Broncos who are f- maybe even further behind than all these other brands. That's the reality of it. That's the truth. At the end of the day, and I'll go back to the football law of averages stuff. Um I don't think the Broncos are 2 and 4 bad and I don't think the Chiefs are going to find a way to be 4 and 2 after um this week. Uh in the end, the Broncos are going to find a way to win a close, you know, game where both these teams who haven't found their way yet are going to be three and three. Um, right now, if the playoffs started today, the Jets are a playoff team. That's not going to, you know, as a five seed, the season's not going to end quite like that. The Broncos are going to find a way who are in the tenth place right now in the AFC to jump a couple teams. You just got to jump as high as seven. And at the end of the day, the Broncos have played right now up to this point. It's been shit football. Hasn't looked great. Defenses look good. Offense hung them out to dry. You could say it has looked the same as before. You could say whatever you want. There's some numbers that say the Broncos have been better. And I would say as well, the Broncos in five games have not been blown out one time. That includes the nine-point loss to the Raiders where Melvin Gordon just handed you seven points. Literally. So, like, against a desperate, desperate, desperate Raiders team that wasn't as bad as the 0-3 record that they had. Like the immortal Al Pacino said in any given Sunday, we either heal... <laughs> yes. As a team, or we die as individuals. You're not getting better, you're getting worse. That's a Dan Reeves to add to your, you know, your your Pacino. So that's it. Like in the end, I don't have all the answers. And I'm not telling you the Broncos are gonna come back and win eleven games or even ten games. I'm telling you it's they're better than the way they've played through a two and three record. And I wouldn't say they're sitting pretty, but and I wouldn't say they're actually they're not. I would say they're in it. They are There's not no out. There's no other team in the NFL who is two and three that could be five and zero oh yes. or zero oh and five. They're an enigma wrapped in a nutshell. Yeah. I mean, like all that kind of stuff. I really kind of believe that. So Russ's perseverance, all that kind of stuff, his positive attitude, which he's being 
crucified for, torched, clowned, former players, he ain't a good teammate, he should have related better uh, uh, to us, uh, KJ, right, all that kind of stuff. The truth is the quarterback is different. And the quarter, he's just different. The quarterback is as worth as much. The one quarterback is as worth as worth as much as the other fifty-two players on the roster. To me, split down the middle. And you might be saying you're crazy for you know mm-hmm. saying that kind of stuff. And I maybe maybe crazy like a fox, but I believe that kind of stuff. Russ and the Broncos are going to find a way to bounce back. Um, I don't know if. We'll see what Nathaniel Hackett is capable of to get this wrong righted. And um, the best thing the Broncos have going for them right now is the way, and it might seem like these uh, Waltons who don't know, you know, what the fuck's going on or how to run a football team and just how to sell cheap shit at Walmart didn't become filthy, ridiculously rich by sitting back and watching bad managers manage Walmarts. They um, have all the money to be able to, what would have been I a factor before, well, we can't pay this quarterback or, or this head, we're still paying Vance Joseph, and now we're going to f- pay Vic Fangio too, and now we're to hire a new coach. None of that Do stuff matters anymore. you know what the anymore. vibe, like my vibe, Danny, is with Nathaniel Hackett? And, and I don't know if it's fair or unfair, yeah. but I have a, like, I, my vibe with him is, Interim head coach. <laughs> he's done nothing for me to be like, no, Tony, he's better than that. Because I said it on, on the show and, that's and on the just, pod. You know, five weeks in. How responsible has he ever been in his whole life for a real NFL win or loss? And I said 1%. And that might be seen like a diss, but like maybe last year or two years ago or a couple times last season, he might have got in the floor's ear and said, no, Aaron's, you know, kind of not, he's not good at this today. Do this or uh, try a little bit of this or, you know, he was a struggle here, but try this. Or actually I got a little bit of a vision here. It's Aaron Rodgers, who's almost running the show entirely. And Matt LaFleur, who's a great football coach, I think proven already by all the wins he's had. And then like, where did Nathaniel Hackett fit in there? I'd say like nowhere. I'd say it was hardly responsible for any success that the Packers ever had. That doesn't make him a head coach here. And while I got my head coaches back, I guess, and while I could appreciate the humbleness of him bringing in a guy to help him on game day shit and realizing and saying during a couple press conferences, yeah, do you know what? I would have done a couple things different. That's rare. And you have to give the guy some credit for that. You do, but also, but you it's, it's the first sign of this guy doesn't know what Broncos. he's doing. You need to stop bringing in guys with that need a learning curve to and become a head coach it's in the, the NFL, and that's what's happened over the last six, seven seasons here. You know, they haven't they've gotten away from yes. the Gary Kubiaks, from the for sure you know, the real leader as a head coach yeah. instead of the players' coach and Vance Joseph. Or now, you know, we see Nathaniel Hackett. So um, that's it, man. That's Broncos Blitz Podcast. Tony, you're awesome. You do a good radio show. You got some college football stuff. You guys do some stuff that's kind of unique into the game. Where can we find your Twitter? And then we can find uh, you on the air and all the other stuff Absolutely. that you do. Absolutely. Thank you. Fridays, 1 to 2 o'clock, the Fan Cave College Football Edition. But you can catch the Fan Cave uh, every day, Monday through Friday, 1 to 2 o'clock. I'm on Twitter. You can go ahead and follow me at alumnight, A-L-U-M-K-N-I-G-H-T 99. And then just go ahead and hit the mute button. Do you like anything for college football this weekend that I could just sneak on here? Because Maverick Sports has a lot of opportunities to go out there. Um 
and make some money in what I call, you know, the college football weekend is your money-making opportunity Saturday um, because I just think there's money to be made every single Saturday. You just got to put those covers together or find those underdogs that you might like be getting plus six and a half, plus nine and a half, and you win that game outright. I like a totals play in the biggest game of the weekend, college football-wise, Alabama versus Tennessee. You've yeah. got Nick Saban versus Josh Heupel, a Tennessee team that has a Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback in Heaton Hooker yeah. and one of the best names in college football as well. Um, and then you've got Bryce Young coming back for Alabama. Tennessee's a team that plays fast. The, you, the play clock, you won't even see it hit 15. That's how quickly these guys play. Yeah. And they're going to score points. Alabama, they're going to score points on Tennessee, who also is one of the worst defenses in college football. Yeah. Total is at 66, I think, 66 and a half maybe there on Maverick. Um, I like the overplay. I do too because, for one, um, te- Hypel knows and Tennessee knows you're not going to be uh, – They're not going to become a defensive stalwart by um, getting stops on them. If you're going to beat them, it's because you're going to outscore them first one to 50 or like 42 or 45. So I kind of like that quite a bit. It's going to be a great game for the weekend. Um there's a few games I see that I kind of like. Um, and there's Illinois, Minnesota is another good one. That one's a total that you look at yeah. it and you're like, what the Pac-12 heck? Pac-12 is wild. Opposite. Indiana. I mean, Maryland, right? Well, yeah. I mean, you've got a... Big Ten, that is the East and the West divisions are completely uh, a different. Powerhouses in one, no powerhouses in the other. Yeah. You're actually talking Illinois football versus Minnesota um, as a leader in. Uh, Bielema? You know, yeah, Brett Bielema is Bielema. doing fantastic. That's right. There. Ryan Walters, who's their defensive coordinator at Illinois, I is like a guy Minnesota. who's a candidate for CU. Um, Ooh, I'll but take the total that. Is, is like 38. Nate and I were talking about this 38 39. And this is a game that looks just like, exactly like the game Illinois and Iowa played last week. Which finished, uh, I think, a, a twelve to nine. Yeah, uh, uh, final. So you guys like the under. So the under is a is a, is a nice one there. I mean, it's all happened in the first half. If it's seven to three, <laughs> you know, the yeah. first half or seven to six, you know, you kind of got that. You know, where the the game is going to go in the second half. But uh, okay, so I think you're one of the best college football guys in the game. Um, for sure, man. Uh, appreciate you doing the podcast with me, hanging out. We're kind of just bros, so I kind of just drug you in here to do this kind of stuff. And I always appreciate it. And I do like your perspective on stuff as opposed to someone who feels like they got to say good things about the Broncos all the time. Right? Hey, I love the candor and the transparency, working with the best uh, with you and Jeff here every once in a while. I appreciate it. You guys, Thanks, man. You guys literally, I'm not kidding, you make me – Piss my pants. Appreciate it. Why well, we love like your contribution and you kind of being a part of the show, all that kind of stuff. So, my high sports is new, uh, very unique. We have guys like Jeff and I, guys like Tony, um, a lineup all day long. That's you know um, unique, different, strong from old man Gil Whiteley to Anilo Piro, who's like just has barely um, uh, like a hair on his pubes. Kind of stuff. Gonna, uh, <laughs> your, your prediction, real quick, for uh, well, you're going to do predictions probably. Monday. No, no, I will give you one. I will give you one. I think the Broncos beat the Chargers some kind of 24 21 kind of game. Um, I keep waiting for the Broncos to break out. Eventually, Me Russell too. Wilson's going to throw two touchdowns in a game that gets you to 14. We know they get in. Um, to their opposition's territory, they're just settling for field goals. Um, I'm har- uh, 
not impressed with the Chargers have done this season. And while I think Herbert's a great player and will eventually kind of break out and do great things, hasn't looked good this season. Again, he might have a couple well, busted fair, up ribs. Injuries have well, totally. the Chargers too. I, I was in a car wreck yeah. and I had like one broken rib, and it was like the worst pain I ever had in my life. Like I couldn't move and all that kind of stuff. Breeze had like six that year and like played two or three weeks later. So it's like you know whether like get, I'm just not as tough as those kind of guys. So Herbert will go in there. He'll find a way to deliver. They're nicked and ding, no bosas and the I don't know where Keenan Allen, Allen is. Guys like that as well. But the Broncos have a great history against the Chargers. Kind of own them historically, and I'm hoping that that historical kind of stuff uh, comes into play as well as the Broncos just being desperate for it. And I think they match it. up well with uh, with the Chargers. All, I do too. All things considered, especially on the outside, I don't. Chargers aren't going to go score thirty against this team. You're not going to so have. They're going to get in the twenties. That means the Broncos have to match. You can't win this game with 14 or 17 points. Straight yeah. up, in a period, and that's just kind of it. So uh, it's Football Friday. It won't be a podcast until Monday. Well, the chance to theoretically talk about the game before the game happens, but if you don't, and this is the last Broncos Blitz podcast you hear, well, then... Go Broncos. Uh, bounce back here. It's the NFL law of averages that I hope pushes the Broncos, um, who, again, until this game, for the first time, facing 2-4 and four and being an under-500 team are as desperate as the Seahawks were desperate to beat Russ, uh, desperate as the Raiders were to go to 0-4 to beat those guys, and almost the Colts as well as, like, again, the, you gave it to those guys, but the Colts, it was like their season went in two different directions. Have a chance to win this division and keep pace, or the Broncos beat you in your 1-3-1 and one, or whatever it was, right, which is essentially buried. So we'll see what the Broncos look like with a little bit of desperation in them. Nothing Tony, scarier than a desperate NFL team. Um, you're big, you're ripped, uh, you work out um, at a high level, and I think if I was going to fight some other radio dudes, I'd have you in my corner as one of those dudes. So that's powerful. That's I appreciate that. Means that. A lot would, to me. I would take the complete opposite approach, whereas I would want somebody who is as quick-witted and um, <laughs> has the mind as sharp as you do that would be able to talk uh, us, us out of this. Why well, do we say this, too? avoid confrontation. Say we're in a bar fight. For okay. one, the first thing I'm going to do before I like start stepping to a dude is I'm going to check for cauliflower ear. If that dude does cauliflower ear. Oh, yeah, you ear, don't want to do that. You're no, not no, stepping anywhere near that, At that point, I apologize, and I'm like, um, well, if that's sea bass over there, I just try to buy them a drink, and we try to just let's get out of here. Let's, let's bounce, go to Hooters or something. But um, other than that, I believe in your ability, and um, not only uh, in the cage of fighting, but your college football predictions ability and your ability to do um, Sports Talk Radio and Broncos Blitz podcast with me. Tony, you're a Thank good you. dude. You're one of my bros. Um, I think my wife would like your wife. We should probably do a double date we thing kind of together. And we're going to do Blink-182 as well. Well, that's definitely That's a happening. long down. So any Broncos Blitz podcast listeners, we got like 10 dudes going. We're going to have to buy like 100 dude ticket package to go see Blink in July here at... Um, it's, it's at, at the ball arena. It's at the course. ball arena. Yeah. It's going to be great. So maybe we'll put this thing together if you want to let us know. Uh, interact with us on the Broncos Bliss podcast. I'm Danny Williams along with Tony Comas. We appreciate you guys and we love you guys. Good night, Sheila. I'm feeling it. <laughs>